2: Hello there, everybody. We are live on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel with another edition of On to the Next One coming off of a very emotional UFC 291 event where the highs were very high, the lows were very low. We have a new BMF champion, and Derek Lewis might, be, might have just given us the greatest six minutes in the history of combat sports last night, but a lot to talk about from a matchmaking perspective. Thank you for having us here early on a Sunday morning after a just a crazy day and a half if you will of combat sports action but I am Mike Heck and as you can see my best friend's back and you're gonna be in trouble hey now it's my best friend Alexander Kay Lee the co-host the co-matchmaker how are we doing AK happy Sunday
3: we're doing good. We're doing good. We're a little, uh, as always, a little sleep deprived after a pay per view. A little, uh, even more so, if you, uh, I don't know, Mike, if you stayed up at all for the Ryzen action, which was extraordinarily eventful for anyone uh, who is did not keep up with that those results. Uh, both Pitbull Brothers fought at these Ryzen shows, and uh, Patricky, the less decorated one, won. Uh, I think is expected. He fought right. I'm, am I making stuff? I'm, I'm uh, again. I'm I'm crazy, going crazy right now. <laughs> Patrki one uh yes tricky one uh patricio people, a lot of people are projects finding out now, was knocked out in the first round so uh g- feel free to catch up in that guys while you are watching our show or the wonderful Guillermo cruz uh stayed up uh in his time zone to to take care of this action uh, lost to uh patricio pitbull to chihiro suzuki so a short notice fight for both guys kind of a wild circumstance dealt with this horse patricio pitbull that much but again, for anyone out there just hearing about this, I mean, I'm totally blown away. Maybe the upset of the year. Uh, but yes, UFC 291, great show. Another great show in Utah. Uh, shout outs! Shout outs! Uh, Weber State uh, in Ogden, Ogden, Utah, where I have family. The uh, alma mater of Damian Lillard. Dame, come to Toronto. Come to Toronto, Dame. It's lovely up here. Yeah. Hey,
2: listen. Maybe 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 he's watching the show right now. So I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Yes. Well, I mean, this is, this is going to be an interesting program. Normally we do this in podcast form. Everyone submits their picks via social media. The live shows are a little bit different. It's going to be chat based. So if we talk about a specific fight, if you have certain matchups that you have in mind for said fight. We'll pull them up on the screen. We'll give our picks for who winners and some of the, the men on the other end of those victories, the losses, if you will, um, where they're going to go, we'll go through the main card, and then we'll do wild card picks for us. And then after that, we're just for five to ten minutes, we're just going to get after it and just turn it over to you. A nice wild card round, will pull up your picks, we'll discuss,
3: and we will go from there. So, AK, are you ready? Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. I'm excited. This was, this was pretty easy. Uh, I guess this usually is when we have uh, you know a lot of notable names in the main card. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to rock. All right. Well, let's
2: start with the main event. Let's start with the new BMF champ. Justin Gaethje lived up to the nickname. A lot of people penciled this in as a fight of the year nominee. And Justin Gaethje's like, I've had enough of those. How about a knockout of the year nominee? And I don't know if th- this one's probably not going to win knockout of the year. I think the Adesanya knockout is probably number one, but there are others. This will be on the top five for sure. Head kick. Knocks out Dustin Poirier, very similar to what happened like 11 months prior in that same building when Leon Edwards knocked out Kamara Usman. Almost a similar kick setup and everything. And Justin Gaethje gets it done. He exacts a little revenge. Gets a KO of the year contender. And this one's pretty easy, AK. We know where he's going. We have a lightweight title fight coming up in October between Islam Makachev and Charles Oliveira. If Justin Gaethje is not fighting the winner of that fight for the undisputed lightweight
3: title, something is terribly wrong, right? I mean, listen, a lot of things have been wrong with the lightweight division. I feels like they never. I should. I mean, Habib got got some great fights. He got Poirier. He got Gaethje. He got McGregor. So I guess in that sense, they they have been uh, they have had good fortune with putting together the fights they want at 155. But Makita's run has been a little. I guess a little screwy though. I did love the, the Volkanovsky fight. I guess I'm just feeling bad about Benil Dariush. I just feel like it's so weird that in all this, Benil Dariush somehow didn't get a title shot. Charles uh, and uh, Oliveira too. Sorry, Charles and Olivera Charles and Makachev too. A fine matchup. I'm happy to see it again. I didn't expect to see it so soon, but yes, the lex logical thing would be for Justin Gaethje to fight the winner of that fight. But I don't know. Stranger things have happened. There's all this McGregor chatter, all the headlines coming out of 291. Are about about Gaethje responding to McGregor. He is giving him the "I don't care about McGregor" response, but I do. I wonder if all the UFC matchmakers are hearing and Dana White is hearing is is Gaethje McGregor, Gaethje McGregor. How do we make this happen? This Chandler fight. I don't know. It's 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 up. It's that's murky waters anyway. Um, but you're right. I'm I'm with you. If I were, this is a crystal ball pick. This is a magic wand pick. I think Gaethje has to fight uh, the winner of this one. I just think it makes too much sense.
2: Yeah, I just don't see a world where Gaethje. Like, I understand Gaethje wants. I think every fighter wants to get that big bag of money, and if Justin Gaethje becomes the lightweight champion, then he could fight Conor and get an even bigger bag of money. And even if he loses to the makachev Oliveira winner, he can still fight Conor down the road. So that fight is, I guess, a back pocket fight. But I think Justin Gaethje truly just doesn't want to give Conor the time of the day right now. No one he does. does. Yeah, remember, no one
3: does. Remember, remember when it was everyone calling out McGregor. Now, now all the fighters are like, is this guy still like? It, will this guy go away? Like, why you? Everyone's always like, why are you asking me about McGregor at this point? It's like, is this really a topic I have to talk about? A lot has changed. That's what happens. You win what one fight in six years, seven years, so? however yeah. long it's been for McGregor. It's brutal. It's been a, it's been a bad run. The only one that's given Conor the
2: time of day is Michael Chandler, and Conor ain't giving him the time of day, <laughs> even though he's <laughs> even though Chandler... the fighter together.
3: Spoke this matchup into existence. We we had we were joking, we had been joking for a long time in our internal Slack. I think people joke on social media as well. Like, how many times has Chandler said, I want McGregor, I want McGregor, I want McGregor in unrelated interviews. Like I think unprompted, he would bring up McGregor. We have at least, like over the course of two years, like seven or eight, nine different headlines at with Chandler calling out McGregor in some way. And it looks like he made it happen. And looks like he did everything to make it happen, and somehow it won't. Somehow it won't. So that's uh, again, that's this crazy
2: business, right? Yep. So I guess Michael Chandler is gonna have to fight Armin Sarukian. after all that. What a what a, what a crazy stretch it has mm-hmm. been. Um, I still think the UFC is gonna try to make that fight because I think the UFC really likes Michael Chandler, but Connor just does not seem interested in it at all. But that's Justin Gaethje, easy pick. A difficult pick now is Dustin Poirier because while we knew where the winner was gonna go. And now Gaethje is an interesting challenge for both of these guys with how he looked. We had to figure out what was going to happen to the man who did not win the BMF title. That is Dustin Poirier just gets knocked out pretty viciously. He's out of title, the title picture for now. Maybe Justin wins the belt and they revisit that. But it kind of seems like both guys are like, okay, we've spent enough time in the octagon just beating the hell out of each other. Let's play ping pong or a game of billiards instead. But Dustin Poirier, in a very weird spot, went to the post-fight press conference and said, look, I'm not going to fight these up-and-comers. I'm only going to take fights that are going to get me excited. And I don't know what's really there for him right now. Okay, So I'm curious, after UFC 291, where does the former interim lightweight champion Dustin Poirier go from this loss against Justin Gaethje? Uh,
3: I had people DMing me one really good suggestion so i didn't want to steal it even though i agree with it and i and i can't remember if i also previously matched up the suggestion so and i didn't want to veer from that so i i won't go to that for now you mentioned armand Surkian. i think that's the way to pour it, for poor to go now it's name value wise it is a big step down from uh the types of opponents that pray is used to and i think he has enough leverage and also enough uh, money to not have to take that fight if he doesn't want to. Um, not that he would ever avoid a fight. I'm sure if they if they sent him the contract, I'm sure he would sign the dotted line. But again, uh, i I'm, I I think he's one of those guys who has enough cachet with the UFC that they'll 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 you know they'll want his opinion. They will want his opinion. They'll definitely negotiate with his management um, as far as who he's going to fight next. But I was just kind of looking at the rankings, who he's fought already, uh, who's already booked. Maybe he gets the loser of Makachev, Oliver. I don't think so. I think I already... Uh, I can't remember who I said I wanted for that. So I had previously... And the other reason I'm going with surukian is I had previously, after Armin's last win, said he should get the loser of this fight. I don't really see a reason to change that. Um, I'm. Uh, this is this is also, you know, we've talked about people squatting at the top of some of these weight classes, some of the more veteran weight classes, 155, 170. And that has to break up at some point. So I this is definitely not a crystal ball pick. I'd actually be surprised if this got booked within the next six months, like booked before the end of the year, or before I even fought again for the end of the year. Uh, but if I were waving my magic wand, I would love to see Surkian get a shot at, at Dustin Poirier.
2: I would love to see that too. It's just not gonna happen. Um, I see a lot of people discussing a Dan Hookery match. Don't really hate that idea. Uh I see a lot of Benil Dariush. Dustin yeah. is not fighting Benil Dariush. That fight oh. is not going to happen.
3: So what is the, what is the sh- what does the Darius sh- hold up?
2: Just doesn't just doesn't seem interested in it. He just doesn't that one doesn't seem to get him excited. And dust at this point in his career just, just wants fights to get him excited. The dude doesn't need to fight anymore. Mm-hmm, he does mm-hmm. not need to, but I still think there's an itch there, but I think he's only, I think he's going to be very choosy with what he does. So Jed said this on the, on the post fight show, and I'm going to go ahead and agree with him. I I can't really matchmake for Dustin right now. So here's what I think is going to happen. Nate Diaz is going to box Jake Paul on on Saturday. That fight is going to happen. And then Nate is going to come back to the UFC. He's not going to go fight for titles or anything like that. But again, poor Michael Chandler. (laughs) Nate Diaz is going to resign. The UFC is going to do everything in their power to book the trilogy fight between Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. And Dustin Poirier is probably going to fight Nate Diaz next. And maybe his final fight, maybe he fights Connor again, but I feel like, I feel like Nate's the only guy, unless, unless Gaethje wins the belts and the UFC presents the trilogy fight between Gaethje and Poirier for the title. Other than that, I just don't think Poirier cares. I don't think he wants to fight Sarukian. I don't even think like physique would be like a really interesting stylistic matchup for him. And I don't even think that would get him excited. I think it's just, it's kind of just get the Nate fight done. Check that last one off the bucket list. If a title shot happens to come his way, whether it be short notice or the stars align for the Gaethje trilogy fight. Other than that, man, like I just, he's going to have to have conversations with it in himself. And if he doesn't get what he wants, he just won't fight. And I think he'll be okay with that. So this is not a crystal ball pick either, because when it comes to Nate Diaz, we never really know. But I feel like Nate can come back to the UFC. He can fight Connor and fight Poirier, and then he can go do other things. I so. think
3: we both agree, though. Poirier for the rest of the year probably just chill out. Probably just chill, with, chill with his family. Recover oh, yeah. from this knockout. What's the? We're run? not going to see. Yeah.
2: We're not going to see Poirier until the summer of 2024. That sounds right to me. Yeah. At the earliest, yeah. and that's only if Nate is in the UFC. If not, like he's just going to take more time off until something really exciting comes along. So, so we,
3: we welcome the Otno picks because I think Poirier's name is going to keep coming up for a lot for a while. And we are just be like, well, you know, we don't think he's stepping back in anytime soon, but certainly, certainly a viable pick. What about, what about Colby? What if Colby wins the welterweight
2: title? Cause he, look, we look, we know what's going to happen. You think what if Colby beats Leon? We know, we know that He is not gonna be like, "Hey, Bilal Muhammad, you're next." It's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. It's just not. What do you think he? Do you think he'd be like, "Hey, Dustin, let's settle this thing once and for all. Give you one last title shot."
3: Man, do you see a world where that happens? Do you think Colby would
2: take that, or Dustin would take that one, or would he just not do it?
3: I love Dustin Poirier as much as any self-respecting MMA fan. And I guess he could argue his last fight at welterweight, he he won. That was cuz both uh McGregor fights were at welterweight, right? Yeah. So he could say, yeah, listen, I I I, I I've I've, I've, be, <laughs> I've got back-to-back wins at, at back-to-back Oh no, 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 no. It was at 55. It was 55. Uh, last one was 5 They're both five. Okay. Yeah, both 55. And they never first was a... at featherweight. Jeez. Okay. So they've never fought at welterweight. That's that's a tough sell for me. Not a tough sell for the UFC. Not off for the OC at all. You know, we want to reward this company man. We know he's near. You know, we we know he only has a handful of fights left in his career. Maybe one, maybe only one fight left. You know, maybe it's uh, maybe maybe it's he gets that title fight, and um, if he loses, he retires. If he wins, he might defend it once. Yeah, I could see the OC doing going that way. I hope not. I hope not. Well, if one of the scenarios involves Colby Compton becoming welterweight champion, which is again, I hope not. Don't want to see that. Not not curious about how that that's going to play out. Uh, so it's a good suggestion. There's a lot of ways that Poray can close out his career in interesting fashion. Again, I would love to see him fight Armin. You're right. That is not even on his short list at the moment, but stranger things have happened. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my Saru pick, but yeah, Nate Diaz or uh, uh, what was I saying? Nate Diaz or help me, Mike, my brain just froze as Connor. I was talking about Connor are far more likely. I feel like we get one of these every time we have a show
2: like this. No chance, you. No chance, UFC would make Colby versus Poirier if you got the belt.
3: I. I mean, there's
2: just the no world where there's fans, no chance.
3: Fans wouldn't have it. Which fans?
2: Yeah, what are which you talking fan? about? But I
3: mean, there's a huge segment of fans which would be like, yeah, that's great.
2: It's great. How many? Look, how many fans want Colby to fight Leon right now? Not yeah. a lot. Not <laughs> a lot. And but they're enough. still like, everybody yeah. wants it. He's the man. <laughs> we have to do it. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Let's move on to the co-main event. Again, this is going to be a pretty obvious one. Alex Pereira outlasts Jan Bohovic. Before we get into the matchmaking, because we know who Alex Pereira is going to fight next. We know what's going to be at stake. A lot of people screaming robbery, AK. Saw it all over social media continues i see it in the chat right now man we got people saying jan was robbed jan bohovich got robbed last night it was a split decision close fight i think we learned a lot about alex
3: Pereira, no matter how you scored it will there be a robbery review on this fight ak i don't think so i, I full full disclosure uh, i was mostly on boxing duty on saturday night watching the uh pretty solid spence crawford card main of the main event spence crawford was i guess we should call it crawford spence now because crawford won uh was incredibly dominant on Crawford's part and mesmerizing to watch. To watch a guy make a guy who was clearly uh, now that you know the second best welterweight in the world just be complete. They did not look close. you would have that looked like a, Crawford like beating up a mandatory challenger. That is how impressive that performance was. Not the clear cut number two uh, welterweight boxer in the world so that was amazing the card itself is really good the co-main was co-main event wasn't great but um the first two fights in the main card were pretty solid so uh i was watching so i was watching that uh i i, I also had the ufc 291 on and I was definitely keeping up with you guys talking about it from what i saw i just didn't see enough offense from jan to justify calling this a robbery not that Pereira was crushing it i think the judges had it pretty right uh of course jan had the ground control in the first in the first round neutralized uh excuse me, neutralized Poetan. So you've got to give him round one. Uh, Pareda had to, picked up, picked it up in, in round two, uh, was able to keep the fight standing. Had, had you know, Jan in a little bit of danger. You know, it wasn't like crushing it, but definitely had a little bit of danger. So clear round two for mm-hmm. Pareda. And then round three, I wish either guy had been able to assert themselves more I do give Pereira the slight edge, but again, I wasn't watching round three closely, unfortunately. So I'll check it out. I, I don't think I'm gonna do a robber review. It's just there wasn't enough um offense from either guy for me to to be in a huff about it. And the late takedown from you know Jan obviously does nothing, right? So I'm fine with the result. I will give it a proper rewatch, but I I, I am fine with the result. Um and people also know for anyone who wants to like just immediately call the robbery, my bar for robbery is really, 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 really high. So you're definitely going to the wrong guy to justify uh, that kind of talk. I do I'll, I'll have to watch it again. So yeah. uh, congrats, congrats to, yeah, to, for to Pereira, I guess. Sure. Like I made decisions is
2: not the be all end all, but most people scored it for Alex Pereira on the watch party, watching it live. I scored it for Alex Pereira. Um, I see like it, Jed, Jed said there was a case on the post-fight show for a 10-8 round for Jan Blachowicz in round one. I see other people in there and there are some people just kind of clapping back against that. I think you can make a case for a 10-8. I'm not going to make that case. I know you want, like you, you need all three of the D's that the damage dominance and duration. Um, but even if you don't get all three, you can score a 10-8 based on two out of three. Pereira did nothing in that first round. Did nothing. But sit on his back and almost get finished a whole bunch of times um, just defending chokes. And I get it. Like if, if you want to make a 10, eight case, I'll listen to you. I would, I did not score that first round 10, eight, but Pereira did nothing. And Jan Blachowicz was in a dominant position for like three to eight, th- almost four minutes of that round and almost submitted Alex a bunch of times. So I'm not totally against it. If you scored it a draw, I would listen to what you have to say. I did score for Alex Pereira. And guess what? If you're the UFC, you are thrilled with the results and you are thrilled with the two judges who scored it for Alex Pereira because AKA, now we're going to get for the vacant light heavyweight title, we are going to get Alex Pereira versus Yuri Prahashka, maybe before the end of the year. Worst case scenario, first quarter of 2024. And for a division that needs a shakeup and for the division that needs positive things to happen, I feel like this fight could turn the momentum around in a good way for this division. How excited are you for Pereira versus Jerry? Because we don't
3: really need to dig deep no. for this next matchup here. No, I'm, I'm the Prince of Positivity. I'm super excited. It's definitely been snake bitten. Light heavyweight, the history of light heavyweight, I think we have to do a comprehensive feature someday because it's it's really gone to some... Enormous highs and some weird lows. So like, it was the marquee championship division of the boom of the UFC. Right, we're talking Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz. You can throw a bunch of other names in there, but those those title fights were enormous for the UFC's business and for building the brand. And then there was a stri- and then uh, later you had start you know Rampage Jackson come in, Leona Machida, Shogun, and it became a bit of it was a bit of a hot uh, Forrest Griffin, a bit of a hot potato title. I think only Rampage among those names. That I just mentioned was able to defend it once. Oh, sorry, not rampage. Um, uh, Machida defended it with the controversial, uh, the controversial decision. So a hard, a hard title to hold on to. Uh, and then John Jones came along and just went on a run. Just, just, and that was its own story. It's the John Jones era of the light heavyweight division, and in some ways that still gave the title more steam. The names he beat, how long he's able to hold on to the title, and then we hit a bit of a low. And as you said, it looks like we're coming out of it, but then. We have this bad luck with fights getting canceled fighters getting injured we have two two fighters have to vacate the undisputed title so i don't know where we're going with it i i with the title itself i know we have to have alex planeta but yurika and i'm greatly looking forward to it i'm as optimistic as anyone mike i want to be as optimistic as you my best friend i i, I just my fingers are a little bit crossed right now though that this this does bring some sort of stability and I, I just hope we at least get the fight even if it's something weird happens after please just give us this give us this matchup and Let's not have to wait too long for it.
2: Yeah, we're going to get this fight, and then we're probably going to get Jamal Hill versus one of these two guys, which is going to be super fun. And who knows? We might even get Pereira Izzy at 205 for the title, even though Pereira said, hey, if we do the trilogy, I'll do it 185. Why would Alex Pereira go to 185 ever again <laughs> after looking so big and so good in this fight? Um, it's crazy. Yeah, a lot of people are saying there's you can't score that at 10-8. I'm with you. I would not score it at 10-8, but... I just kind of throwing out some of the things that that people had to say about it. So we know where Pereira is going, AK. Where is Jan Bahovich going now? Like what does he do? Do we do the free rematch now? Like I I, I thought life would fight Johnny Walker kind of as a not just a title eliminator, but kind of a UFC eliminator. Like none of these guys, like neither of these guys are on like the UFC's great side right now based on their last performances. What do we do with Jan Bohovich now? I-, I honestly
3: don't really know. Realistically, I think it should be either like Johnny Walker or Nikita Krilov, uh, But I have matched those guys up in previous episodes. So I consider them locked in, even though... Uh, the people I locked, I matched them up with, are kind of in limbo. Like I wanted Krilov to fight Vrochik, we did, still don't know when Vrochik is coming back from his injury, and I wanted Walker to fight Ankalyev, and we just don't know where Ankalyev is. Period. The dude has just fallen off the planet since that draw with uh, with rohoshka So that's a bit of a murky situation. I think realistically, you will see him. If I had to do like crystal ball, it'll be him and Walker. I think he'll fight Johnny Walker. I think. Uh, But again, since I don't want to change those picks and technically all four of those fighters are still in play, I'll call my shot in a different way, Mike. I want to see Jan Blachowicz fight Anthony Smith after he beats Ryan Spann again at UFC Singapore on August 26th. Interesting.
2: I wonder if like Kennedy and Chichuku is in play if he wins his next fight because he's ranked now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like ankle. they'll, They'll just run that one back. This is a great question, Jeff. Why do people say Jan versus Ankle F is a bad fight? Uh, Dana just dumped on that fight like (laughs) right after, and I I still don't really understand why. Is it the most thrilling fight you've ever seen? No, but it's really interesting, because Jan is doing really well, especially with the kicks, and then Ankle F just has to dig deep and get takedowns, and it kind of slowed down at the end after a really interesting start. But yeah, I don't don't understand why that fight gets so much like negativity
3: draws to draws when people just look back on draws, they always seem unsatisfied with them, which is crazy because some of the most exciting fights in, in history, have actually ended in draws, but um, yeah, it was. And again, it's part of this weird light heavyweight title, like funk that we're in. So it was a good fight. It, it was definitely a good fight. It had some weird moments. It had some light heavyweight, light heavyweight moments, um, but it's not, it's not a bad fight. Yeah. I, I, I do find it a bit strange that people will look back on it. So, uh, so negatively Anthony Smith. Is another possibility, I think? Yeah, that's, where, just, I'm, that's where I'm going. I, th- I think he yeah. beats Ryan Spann and gets that pitch gets
2: that, uh, fight. I just didn't like what I saw from Anthony Smith in the Johnny Walker fight, so I just don't know how much is left in there. So it's... Yeah, it maybe Spann. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. You want to know what else is a tough one, AK? The the man who delivered the greatest free agency announcement in the history of combat sports. His name is Derek Lewis, who comes out and flying these Marcus Rogério de Lima... It's to begin a sequence of events that none of us will ever forget for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Just runs over Roger De Lima, finishes him in 33 seconds. He takes his pants off, swings his shorts around. He's doing the DX crop ch- chops. He's dancing around, throwing his cup in the crowd and his gloves in the crowd, and then says, "Hey, I'm a free agent now. Kind of want to stay with the UFC, but hey, F it. It is what it is." Derek Lewis. Free agent, AK.
3: Are you booking him? Are you booking his next fight? As you inside the UFC. As you brought this up, my best friend, your timing, as always, is preternatural. I don't know how you do this. The PFL just tweeted out, "quote unquote heavyweight free agent" with the meme of a uh, someone whispering and someone else see her, and the hairs standing up on their on their skin. So uh, that has to be some of the talk coming out of this, right? I think we mentioned it a lot on Slack. I don't want to step on your pick. If this is your pick that uh, Derek Lewis would kind of make a lot of sense as uh, P- uh, Francis and Gandhi's first opponent in the PFL. Maybe we can run back that, you know, run it back into that atrocious first meeting and, you know, have, op- you know, be, uh, be optimistic that there's no way it would play out the same way it did when they fought before. Uh, you give Francis a guy with name value, uh, you know, hopefully someone that France could knock out though. It would be hilarious if Derek Lewis went to the PFL and KO'd Francis <laughs> KO'd Conner. Um, so I, I, I see that's out there in the PFL. I could probably listen to our show. like, I, I think they were listening to the show like right now and just put that tweet out as you were talking. That's pretty crazy. Uh, I went with Jairzinho. I've seen this. We had this suggestion a lot on onto the next one. Feels like it could have happened at any point during Lewis's win streak. Uh, sorry, losing streak. And now that he's back in the win streak. I, I don't uh, it's back in the win column. I, I don't feel that it has to change. I still think Jarozinho makes a lot of sense. Just a matchup we haven't seen before. A fight guaranteed. There's that word again. Guaranteed to end in a knockout. And uh, makes a lot of sense if Lewis just does decide to um, to return to the UFC. And if he really believes that he can get a tele shot again, this is one of the guys I think that he would have to go through. Why would he go back to the UFC though? <laughs> Like serious, like I'm not saying this to be, to, mm-hmm.
2: to just be like, oh, I don't like you. Why would he go back? The Like his opportunities to make money in this sport are outside of the UFC. He's already fought everybody. Like, yeah, the Jairzinho fight's there. Who else is he going to fight? Alexander Romanov? Like why would he fight him? Why would he fight? Is he going to fight Jailton Almeida if he loses to Curtis Blades? Like who no. wants to see Derek Lewis fight those guys? No. Go to the PFL, man. Like go, go make $2 million to fight Francis Ngannou. Go do that. And then go to BKFC and make a whole bunch of money. Just beating up a bunch of Shaheen Al-Shadi laid out a bunch of five foot six non-athletic bar fighters. Why would he go back? I, I just, why would he go back?
3: I, I don't understand. He's com- he's comfortable with the UFC. I think I, I think it's it's it's. But he uh, wants to make money. It's about making does, money. Of course he wants to make money. But you know the UFC will take care of him. Not on the level the PFL will. Not in the le- I can see that like the PFL will legitimately offer him what a million for one fight, two million. The
2: PFL, yeah, he'll yeah. get two, two million, million to fight Francis.
3: The UFC would do something like you know four million for like an eight fight. Like they would offer more. It just he would be for more fights, right? It would be for again, six fights, seven fights, eight fights, whatever one of their crazy contracts is when they re-sign a name person. And I know that's, and, and again, I know the math there is like, well, that sounds dumb. Why would someone take 4 million for eight fights as well as 2 million for one fight? I know it sounds dumb, but you know, when you're so entrenched in a company, when it's something you've known for so long, uh, when there's still names, he's probably interested in fighting at, well, I shouldn't say that. he never interested in fighting any names. He never calls anyone out. He doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I've misspoke. Uh, I could see him wanting to stay. He said kind of offhandedly at the post-fight press conference that he would like to return to the OC. But again, I'm sure he hasn't really talked to his, his manager. I'm sure he hasn't really thought about the possibilities, uh, you know, in, in any serious way. And yeah, once that start, they start talking about it. And if the PFL makes an offer, or at least gives him a phone call Monday morning, Tuesday morning, it becomes a very realistic possibility. Um, so I, I, I always assume people are going to stay with the UFC. I think when Francis, when his um, free agency started to drag on, I think I started saying, like, ah, he'll probably just come back at some point. And I was wrong about that. I was wrong about that. He went to the PFL. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all to see to see Lewis do the same thing. Especially, again, you're right. One fight. And who knows? Maybe he can do the one fight and then come back to the UFC sometime in the future, right? We, th- th- nothing rules that out. We could get Derek Lewis, Greg Hardy, and BKFC.
2: Don't even. Don't. BK do this I man. <laughs> It could happen. That would do crazy numbers. I understand the comfort level. So, like, if he went back, I get it. But I—he's just fought everybody. Like, he's fought Titouvas already. He's fought everybody. Jairzinho. really? Yeah, except Jarzinho, But the there's just nothing really there. Like, if I'll sign one fight to fight Jarzinho, sure. But if you're Derek Lewis, like, you're at the peak of your powers in terms of negotiation, knowing that. You got finished in the last few fights. You did not look great. And then you show up in just incredible shape and you get one of the best highlights of the year. I mean, his value is just so high right now. Like, Bellator, I see people saying, like, Bellator smart, Derek, go go Derek. Derek's not going to Bellator, he's not. Unless they, I mean, if they somehow combine, like, it kind of ends up, like, who wants, do you really want to watch Derek Lewis fight Ryan Bader? No, you don't want to watch Derek Lewis fight Ryan Bader.
3: You don't it, want to watch It'd that. be a homecoming. He has one belt or fight under his belt. Uh, Bellator 46, June 2011. Unanimous decision win over Tony. G- I don't know. I'm sure we all remember this. I don't know why I'm, I'm recapping this for people. Um, it would be a return to Bellator. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. My pick is Francis and I think Derek, you do
2: everything. You think Derek Lewis, and he's got time because Francis isn't going to fight MMA until March or April of next year. And yeah, there will be a matching clause. But if the if PFL is going to offer Derek Lewis $2 million to, to fight Francis and you think, I mean, UFC can be petty, but Derek's always been really good for them. This has always been a pretty good relationship there. And I know. The UFC would love to retain Derek's services, but it's not like losing Derek Lewis would hurt them in the long run. It's not like, oh well, we're gonna we're gonna have a terrible first quarter of 2024 because we don't have Derek Lewis. It, it would sting, but be a free agent, man. Go explore your options. Go see what your value is, um, and go get that Francis fight, man. Like, go get it and go make that money, and, and then it- go to.
3: Didn't go to BKFC. Even if he can't get the Francis fight, I hope the possibility of the move gets his, gets, you know, and he returns to the UFC. I hope that UFC contract is a big boost from what he's fighting for now. I hope that last contract he signs uh, is just for millions of dollars because, yeah, this man's put in so much, so much sweat equity, so much blood for the UFC. He deserves to get, he, he, no matter what his no- next contract is, it still probably won't be what they owe him. Um, but I hope it's at least close. I hope it's at least close to make him, make him whole. Um, yeah. Orlovsky Orlovsky, Derek Lewis? No? Mike? Nothing? No. Doesn't mm-hmm. get your doesn't, doesn't get you going. No. No. Not <laughs> the, really. chance to, the chance to beat a legend, the greatest heavyweight of all time, oh, according God. to Jen uh, gender- <laughs> Yeah. And look, if, if, if Derek Lewis goes to the PFL,
2: he's not gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna do the season and try to win a million. No, he's no. gonna be on the no, he's gonna fight Francis and then like maybe do one more pay per view fight, and that's it. It would be a very short contract where he would make a bunch of money. So we'll see. Someone suggested Derek Lewis versus Andy Ruiz. We are, this this crossover boxing right now. It's a
3: it's a thing, AK. I mean, if you're Andy Ruiz, you probably got to consider that, right? That's a fun. Of course, that's a fun way to yeah make 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 a payday, right? Again, you assume he'd probably probably be the favorite in a matchup with uh, with Derek Lewis. So yeah, Andy Ruiz, if you're out there and you're listening, uh, I know you've had bigger boxing matches than this, but you know the fight game's fickle. I think, and I'm looking at Ruiz now. He's 33 years old. You could do a lot worse for heavyweight for bankable heavyweight opponents than uh pretty popular UFC star in, in Derrick Lewis.
2: Yeah, I just just go out there and make a ton of money. That's all I care about. Go make as much money as you can. If it's in the UFC, then stay in the UFC. But if it isn't, go get that money. Please, go get that money. Remember at the beginning of the show, I was like, the highs were very high and the lows are very low. And I feel like the lows are very low for the beginning of the main card because... Tony Ferguson, Michael Chiesa just looked terrible. Uh, Tony had a moment, knocks down Bobby Green. There was a a pretty nasty eye poke from Bobby Green to Tony Ferguson that honestly, I watched the fight again this morning. I don't know why I did that to myself. I watched the first half of the fight and then I had to turn it off because it was just getting really sad. But I had to remember the moment when the eye poke happened and how much things changed from that point. And they changed a lot. They changed the entire momentum of that fight, just swung away from Tony Ferguson. Had Green in trouble. Green was breathing heavy, got knocked down. Eye poke happens. Green got to take the time, got his wits to him, calmed down, and then he just beat the hell out of Tony Ferguson the rest of the way. Puts him to sleep with an arm triangle around three. And Tony Ferguson now on a six fight losing streak. Bobby Green gets a victory. Where does Bobby Green go from here, AK? What do we do with King or Bobby Green or whatever we're calling him? These
3: days? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, the, I I don't want to say much about Tony Ferguson. I, I just that I've I been saying all week, I've been saying since the Benil Darius fight, I just can't pick this guy to win fights anymore. We always seem to mention him showing flashes. He, he showed some flashes in the Nate Diaz fight. He showed flashes in the Michael Chandler fight. He showed flashes on Saturday. And there just comes a point where you, yeah, you only have flashes. <clears throat> uh it happens to any great athlete, right? You only have flashes of, of, of what you once were. And in the fight game, it might be more true um than in any other than in any in, in any actual sport. So uh well, you know, listen, we can talk about Tony Ferguson more later. I'm sure we'll have suggestions from the listeners for what T Ferg should do for Bobby Green. I'm cheating here mike i'm cheating i'm i'm picking a name that i actually didn't pick to pick for too long ago because i realized that that pick was silly that pick was silly i should have had foresight here and i should have said i should have said this guy gets the winner of bobby green versus Tony Ferguson. i want to see bobby green and dan hooker it's a great fight Ooh. i can't yeah i can't believe it's never happened before makes a lot of sense for both guys uh I don't yeah because I think Bobby Green will have a number next to his name well maybe not in the UFC rankings definitely not in our rankings but he's he has a name in MMA he has been around forever we talk about Tony Ferguson being a veteran I mean Bobby Green this was I don't even know how many fights this is from now like 50 I and mean, Bobby Green's just it's 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 it would sur- surprise people I think how many he's had in the UFC this was his 22nd UFC fight and his first 47th pro bout uh, 46th pro bout. He's been around uh, so Dan Hooker shouldn't shy away from that matchup. Uh, Hooker back on track at 155 and uh, this is a winnable fight for both guys but if Hooker beats him three straight for Dan Hooker and he can start talking about a top 10 opponent again. Good pick right there.
2: I see Bobby Green versus Matt Fravola picks from the peeps. Um, I didn't know if you were going to change course and do Patty versus Bobby Green. The battle the, the winner gets Patty. I don't know. I don't mind that. Bobby's in a weird spot. I kind of think they're just going to run back the Jared Gordon fight.
0: Hmm.
2: Like it's not, I don't think that's like a sexy pick obviously, but I kind of feel like Bobby was booked to fight Jim Miller or I'm sorry. Jared was booked to fight Jim Miller got pulled from the fight. Cause he went to the media day and said he had a, some concussions and I feel like they're just going to try to put that one back together somehow. And maybe those two guys will fight for the, Chance to fight Patty? I don't know. I kind of think that's where we're going to go. I do really like your, I do really like the Dan Hooker suggestion. I I like that pick a lot. Jalen Turner, I see out there. Patty, um, yeah. Because I don't think like that, that win doesn't do a whole lot for Bobby. It's a good win. I mean, it's a name to have in the resume, but in terms of like title contention, it's just not, I mean, doesn't do a whole lot. So um, it's just kind of a vet fight and Bobby Green gets it done and there you go. So let's go to the other thing that happened on the main card. Kevin Holland just runs over Michael Chiesa. This fight was not competitive. I think like going back and and sort of rewatching the watch party, I think GC and I made it sound like it was way more fun than it actually was. Because Chiesa just showed a bunch of durability and he was scrappy, but just didn't really have anything for Kevin. He just looked like a dude who hadn't fought in almost two years and looked like a guy who's on the back nine for sure. And Kevin just kind of ran him over. So I think this one was pretty easy for me. It's Jack Dell and Madalena. That's the fight we do with JDM. These two guys are kind of on a, a little collision course. Kevin's been talking about JDM the entire time. I think that's the direction we go, a.k.a. Are we queuing the band here?
3: Oh man, we should have. That was the way I was going to go with it. Cause I wasn't here for the, uh, the, the Jack, the fight card that Jack Della Madalena just fought on. So I was like, Oh, well, that's perfect. Cause you know, I wasn't here to make a pick for uh, JDM and Holland makes a lot of sense, but I didn't, I didn't settle on that. I didn't settle on that. First of all, he should be banned again. We've been, we had banned Kevin Holland before. We banned him during uh, that. I think that year he went like five and zero because he just kept taking short notice fights, and we're like, forget making matches for this guy; it's pointless. There's no way to predict what he's going to do next because he might fight again in a month. We should ban him again for the middleweight talk. After I think he said something like he's he wants to what did he say he's he wants to go back to 185. Was that in the post the the immediate post fight interview right? Not the press conference. Oh, he didn't do the press conference, or he did a, a presser backstage. But he said at some point he wants to fight a middleweight, right? you said that. We said that about. He would, He's willing to bounce back and forth. Why if fighting? I want to ban him. I and it's and it's. I, I know people are like, well, he was like a top ten middleweight, and that's fine. He had some great wins at middleweight, but his ceiling is so clear in that division. It is now if you get the right matchups, like Alex Panetta style, sure he could maybe you know sneak his way into a title shot. But I, he's already had a run up there. And his wrestling deficiencies, plus the size difference with some of those guys, it's too much. It's too much. Why go back up to 185? Stop it, stop it, Kevin Holland. Uh, I won't ban him, but I will say, if he wants his next fight at 185, Mike, why don't we do it against a guy who is supposed to fight Saturday and who his fight should also his next fight should also be at 185? Michelle Pereira, Michelle Pereira Ooh. screwed up big time, and. I don't know if he's done at 170. I have always been surprised that he can even make the cut down to welterweight. He is enormous. We talk about how big Alex Pereira is for middleweight. I would say the same thing for Michelle Pereira at welterweight. I'm like, this guy. I don't know how this guy's making the cut. And he's missed once before. And now two misses. And both times he missed pretty bad. And think, go, oh, no, sorry, one pound the first time. Now three pounds this time. All the power in the world to Wonderboy for not taking that fight. And I know we shouldn't reward Michelle Pereira with a name fight in Holland. But again, if we're going to do something wacky, if Holland insists that his next fight is 185, uh, why don't we do something fun here and have him fight Michelle Padetta, who, again, is ready to, I assume, is ready to fight any time now. Uh, he wasn't injured. He just screwed up his weight cut. Um, I'm not sure what the excuse is going to be. Uh, so, yeah, let's just see what happens. Let's get crazy. Let's see what happens there. And then Michelle Padetta can try to go back down to 170, and Kevin Holland should go back down to 170.
2: I see a lot of people saying Kevin Holland versus Ian Gary next. If Ian Gary beats Jeff Neal, that was to me the fight. Like when, after Ian's last win, I wanted the Kevin Holland fight. I thought that made a ton of sense. Uh Great name value. Good call. All that. Um, Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Kevin. Kevin's in that position where he just, you just fight anybody. Just cash those checks and people are going to watch. Let's go to the wild card round, AK. We will mm. match make for a fighter that we have not match made for yet, and yeah. we'll make a matchup for them right now. So it could be somebody who fought on the main card and didn't get a win. Anybody from the prelims? Where are you going with this one, AK? Who's your wild card selection for UFC 291?
3: Well, we're definitely going to be friends forever on this one. I think we've got it, Mike. I think we've wild cards friends forever because uh, Tony Ferguson is not retiring, and his next fight should finally be against Patty Pimblett. This is the time is now, my best friend. Tony Ferguson, Patty Pimblett. It made sense before. It still makes sense now. Let that be Tony Ferguson's retirement fight. We either get a great Robbie Lawler type moment where Ferguson finishes Patty Pimblett uh, to the to the cheer of an appreciative Las Vegas crowd, or we have the one of the five most depressing moments in MMA history when Patty Pimblett either submits Tony or knocks him out cold. So I'm not giving up on this. I still think it's possible. Uh, I would much rather see Tony retire, but if he's not going to guess what? Hashtag El Kikui, Patty, the Batty still alive.
2: I was, I said on the pre on the preview show that at that moment I was, I didn't hate it as much as I did before, but now I think I hate it more than I did before <laughs> because it just, it just, it would just be the saddest thing ever. This is not my wildcard pick. It's Tony Ferguson, Joe Lozon, UFC 300. Just do it. Just throw those two dudes in there and that's it. Like, it'll be fun. And one of these legend or one of these like veteran dudes, just go ahead and do that. And it won't be incredibly sad either way. Jim Miller's okay too for Tony. I went a different direction.
3: Did you, you didn't go Tony yeah. Ferguson. You didn't, I did not know. No, okay. no I, will, I don't want
2: to match me for him at
3: all. I, I know. So, this is as people know, when it goes to a live show, we don't do like a full slate of listener picks. We're going to go to YouTube comments for those suggestions. Uh, so, I did want to point out Justin with a Y on Twitter said, I had an epiphany when I woke up this morning. Oh, no. Sign sure dog legend Jay Ellis and let Tony fight him at 170 or 155, depending on what Ellis can cut to. Uh, he last weighed in at like 167 pounds or something. Easy win, and Ellis can get a decent payday. I don't hate this idea at all. And I think the UFC needs more Jay Ellis. I think he should be a designated retirement opponent for any of these beloved fighters that we have. Like Dustin Poirier, somewhere down the road, if he goes on a streak and wants to go out and win, you put him in there with Jay Ellis. I think the possibilities are Kamar Usman. I don't know. You know, maybe I don't think he's going to go lose a streak anytime soon. I think if you lose one more time, he's probably done, but should he go down that route? Tyrone Woodley versus Jay Ellis would have been a great, I think they already fought actually. Uh, would have been a great way for Tyron to end his uh, his UFC career. So Justin with a Y, I like where your head's at. Uh, oh, Tyron has not bought JLS. I like where your head's at. Let's get JLS in the UFC. Let's get JLS paid and get him uh, and put some of these stars out on a high note. Don't hate that. Kind of a New England legend,
2: JLS. Like all his fight, he just fights at like every Cage Titans card and like every New England fights cards. It's crazy. Uh, Dave asking if Lowe's on still fighting. He is not officially retired. He hasn't fought since. UFC Boston in October of 2019. He was supposed to fight Donald Cerrone, if you can remember that, and then he hurt himself putting his socks on, which is I still can't believe that's an actual real thing. But Lozon said like he wants if, if the, the date, the opponent, and the location is perfect, he would do another fight. So, yeah, I, I think Lozon would certainly take that one, and I kind of am cool with that. I'm going with a guy who's supposed to fight on Saturday but didn't. And not jump here. I'm going with Wonderboy Thompson, AK. I'm going with Steven Thompson. Curious. I was curious to see, like, what the reaction to all this was. And I don't blame Wonderboy at all for not taking this fight. Like, not even a little. There are some people out there who just like to complain and just throw shade at everybody. But the dude, the dude's already been here and lost. And his, his title hopes are dangling by a very thin thread, where any loss, he's just never going to fight for the title again. He still truly believes he can get there. And I think, honestly, with his popularity, I think he can get there too if he's booked the correct way. Now, how is the UFC going to proceed with this? Are they just going to – I see a lot of people, and I saw this on the post-fight show too. Send him to Sydney to fight JDM. No, that fight's not going to happen. They're not going to do that right now. Wonderboy certainly isn't going to take that fight. He's not going to take that big of a step back even if he feels it's a winnable fight. Could the UFC throw him a guy like Sean Brady, who will just try to take him down and kind of smother him for 15 minutes. I could see a world where that happens as well, but I landed on a different one. AK I landed on a different one. How can we, because the UFC is very storyline ridden. How can the UFC capitalize on something where they put, Wonderboy Thompson, they give him an opportunity to accomplish that dream of getting one more title shot. But they also put him in a matchup that's probably not going to go very well for him. How about Kamara Usman? How about we do Steven Thompson versus Kamara Usman, AK? A very winnable fight for Kamara Usman. These two guys have never fought each other. And if somehow Kamara Usman wins, maybe in the UFC's eyes, Kamara does the UFC a favor. Knocks Wonderboy out of title contention. Wonderboy never gets his shot. And if somehow Wonderboy Thompson beats Kamara Usman, you got a guy who is very popular. And would what a story it would be for you know a guy who will probably be 41 years old by the time this happens, gets one last shot at the belt. Very positive thing. What do you think, AK? I kind of like that. I, it, and Usman's available. And Wonderboy wants to get back in there. Maybe chuck that on in November at MSG, or do it in December, or maybe even sooner than that. How about that?
3: Yeah, and, and, and Usman versus Wonderboy had been discussed um, to some degree when Usman was a champion, you know, and when they were just trying to figure out names for him to fight uh, as as his reign sort of sort of started carrying on, he started knocking off you know all these contenders. Uh, Wonderboy's name was always in there. He just had, was never. He just has not been able to put together that run that would get him a shot at Usman. Uh Uzma would definitely like the name value. Like Thompson, of course, even though it's a very difficult matchup for him, like it could easily turn into him getting out wrestled and smashed like against Gilbert Burns, like against Bilal Muhammad. It could go very it could go very poorly for him in that sense. Um, but he's he's definitely not going to say no because that's still a top three welterweight in the world. Um, to be able to get that matchup again after losing said fights to Bilal and Gilbert would be a, a major coup for Wonderboy and his team. I, I don't think it happens. I, I I think, um, I don't know what Usman's next fight is going to be, but I think they're going in a different direction. But the logic behind it is very sound. The logic behind it is sound. It's not, it is not crazy at all. I mean, you could do Bilal versus Usman, but Bilal is probably just going to wait for a title shot. I we've
2: hope seen, so. We've seen Burns Usman. I don't think they're going to book that one again. Usman's probably not going to fight Shafkot, even if he beats Kelvin Gastelum. I kind of feel like it's there. And it makes sense. And it's it'd just be like a weird and sort of out of left fieldy enough fight to just boost up a main card pay per view fight, like just a tinge in, in just a weird and compelling way. And again, it's a it's probably Kamar Usman minus like 300 in that fight. And if Usman goes out there and just smothers Wonderboy and wins a thirty twenty seven, then we don't have to talk about Wonderboy fighting for a belt ever again. Maybe Usman does them a favor. And if somehow Wonderboy like just just runs over Kamar Usman. Give him one last shot at the belt. I I see people saying like that fight would never happen. Dan Henderson got a title shot against Michael Bisping. It could happen. The UFC loves these stories. The one last shot. Can he get it on one last shot? And Wonderboy again is very, is a popular fighter. His stuff does views. People care about him. Bilal doesn't get that same thing you know what i mean like and i know Bil- like below should certainly get the title fight before wonder boy does i'm not saying like he jumps the line altogether, but i think that's in play the ufc loves telling those stories so
3: you've you've laid it out so neatly now i'm almost sure it doesn't happen mike you've been, you've done too good of a job you've done too good of a job you've made it sound too convincing and now i know the ufc will not have the same kind of logic because they really yeah. do yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure contracts have already been sent out. Shafcott no
2: longer fighting Calvin Gaslow. They're, <laughs> <just gonna, laughs> they're just going to throw him to the wolves. <laughs> like, well, I mean, if you don't want to fight Mitchell Bray, you got to fight this dude. they are probably gonna offer from Sean Brady as well. Yeah. Just a fight that Wonderboy is just not going to like. But I don't know. Be kind of cool. Let's go for it. Uh, so this is what we're going to do for the next seven or eight minutes because I do have to check out of this hotel and get ready to fly home. Uh, we're just going to let it fly here. So you guys chuck in your 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 matchups. Whatever ideas you got, throw them in there and we'll pull them up and we'll discuss. Uh,
3: let me do, oh, uh, yeah, uh, we'll get to Fuzz26 in a second. Let me do a quick shout out to a couple of people in my DMs. I do wanted to get Brad Lee in here because he's a first timer. says, first time on no picks, please show mercy. Uh, yeah. Pereira versus Year Ankalaya for 205 Belt. Gaichi versus winner of Islam Charles 2. Obviously. Holland, JDM, sure. Lewis versus Francis in PFL. But if he stays the UFC, then Rose Strike, correct. Green versus Miller. At UFC 300, Koppelov vs. Chris Curtis. What do you think about Green versus Miller at UFC 300, Mike? Sure. Yeah. And Zoe Simpson, I want to shout her out because she says, uh, Tony Ferguson versus Dan Mergliata. Poor Dan eating that up kick. Also, uh, Herb Dean with uh, <laughs> Herb Dean with that slide during the main event. One of the best stops I've seen ever. So, a little uh, creativity there. See A lot of uh, Wonderboy MVPs.
2: I don't I, like, Here's here, here's <laughs> yeah. how I feel about this one. One, Wonderboy was asked about it at the media day, and he said him and MVP are, like, buddies now, so he doesn't really want that fight. And do you really feel like... Like, honestly, if we really think about the potential of that fight mm-hmm. and how it could play out, yeah. I just... I feel if they fought ten times, eight of them are going to be not fun.
3: Super terrible. Yeah. Just I, fun. I still want to see it, but you're, you're right, yes. Yeah,
2: just... Yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to be as, as great as you think it is stylistically. I, I just don't. Let's, I have one time, a first timer as well. Eric does sports. Um, let's see. I wanted to share a post 291 thought and pick. If it's not too late, uh, this is a no way meant to be a doo doo, but hear me out. <laughs> is there an Ice Cube's chance in Hades or Hades that the UFC would consider turning Alex around and offering Izzy the novelty shot at the vacant 205 belt in Sydney? It's so dumb, but it is so UFC. I would love that. My imagination just can't see Strickland and Izzy fighting right now, but I could see the UFC upping the dumb, dumb ante to milk the Alex matchup and save Yuri for a European card. I hate to come out of the gate hot, but I can't get the evil thoughts to stop. Thanks no. for hearing me out. It's good.
3: Great website. Some might say the
2: best. Cheers. Eric does sports in Colorado. It's good.
3: Let's go full dumb. I have no interest in the Strickland. Izzy match zero. I mean, what one because Strickland's a piece of human garbage and shouldn't be getting UFC title shot. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I just I stylistically I have no interest in it. I don't know why. I don't that know that fight's why. gonna happen.
2: Oh, so ah, gosh, we just I hope to prepare not. But it. I mean,
3: that's a dumb matchup. Let's go full dumb and just yeah, do a quick do a turnaround for Panetta and just have that trilogy. I I don't think that happens either. I, I think you're right. I think Strickland's probably more likely, uh, as much as I hate that matchup, but. Um, yeah, I I want to see Jamal Hill fight Izzy for uh, uh for the I want to see Izzy get a shot at the Lehib Hotel against Jamal Hill before Jamal Hill was forced to uh to vacate. So, I don't know. There's there's no really like amazingly great options for Izzy right now um at uh for that that pay-per-view. I'll right, we'll go through as many of these as we can. Another Tony versus Peg. I saw a few of these Derek Lewis versus Tom Aspinall. Like, are you interested in that fight at all? I mean, it's one of the names I thought of just because he hasn't fought Tom Aspinall before, but I don't think it makes much sense for either guy right now. That's not yeah. boosting Aspinall's resume at this point in his career. Yeah. And I
2: don't want to see Derek Lewis resign and fight Tom Aspinall.
3: Like I just think Tom runs him over. Unless he's it's getting paid, fun. like unless he's getting paid like two million to fight Tom Aspinall, then it, okay, I'll, then, then, then I'll do, I'll do it. Go for it. Yeah, go for
2: it. Yeah, if you give him the money, to, the Francis money, then sure. Uh, Miranda Maverick versus Antonia Shevchenko. Gabriel Bonfim versus Randy Brown. Gabriel Bonfim is going to be a problem. Roman Kapilov, dude, got hosed out of a bonus. If there's any robbery last Big night, time. is Roman Kapilov not getting a bonus? Big time. Uh, Yuris Medvedch versus Alex
3: Morono. I really like that fight. That uh, fight. Well, Good, what, good was bon- what was the what was the Bonfim man? I see a lot of people wanting to throw uh, Bonfim in there with like a top twenty guy. Now he looks legit. He looks legit. I like and the
2: Randy Brown idea. That's a good and,
3: one. And I know his brother just lost. I still think his brother's going to be a, a really good fighter for a long time too. So, um, but yeah, I know Gabriel's undefeated. He's on a submission streak. I, I, I understand. I understand the hype. I think for me, did I make a pick for him? I can't remember. I think for me, I have um, it's not quite in the top twenty yet. But sure, if if people want to push him up there fast, I understand why. Hey, Wonderboy, you didn't want to fight Michelle Pereira? Now you have to fight this <laughs> dude. Uh, Poirier versus Holloway, three. 3 I'm not against it. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him fight Gaethje again. I'd love to see him fight Holloway again. I, there's so many poor. I'd love to, I, I wouldn't I would mind seeing him beat up Conor McGregor. I think that'd be hilarious. So uh, any rematch trilogy, about for Poirier is welcome, really. Gaethje title shot. Pereira versus Yuri in December. Green versus Joel
2: Alvarez. Holland versus Magni at 170. Or Holland versus Paul Craig at 85. Hmm. Another Bonfim, Alex Morono. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the first one. Uh Kapilov versus Gregory
3: Rodriguez, Jake Matthews versus Cass Williams. Yeah, Kopulov, Gregory Rodriguez. That's not bad. That's Kapilov, Mike. You you, I'm amazed you haven't taken another victory lap for helping to turn Kopulov's career around. Because I had left him for I was I, I was high on him when he signed with the UFC. He looked like doo-doo in his first two UFC fights. And I was like, this guy is that's it. Like he's he might win a fight, <laughs> but he's not gonna last long. Three fight win streak. All knockouts, right? Yeah, he's belting fools. This is and and the one and, and yeah again, you're right. He should have got a bonus. I mean, it was the best. It was. I mean, <laughs> you were about to say yeah, was gonna, it, it, it was right. not the <laughs> best finish. It was not the
2: best finish of the card, all but right,
3: right. Uh, it was
2: better than he deserved it over Bobby Green and Kevin Holland yeah. for sure. Dustin versus Wonder what versus Wonder Boy.
3: Uh, is Dustin the only guy who would be eligible for both the BMF title and the NMF title? that's yeah right he seems like a nice dude i i know we only NMF see nmf title like, fight yeah. i love that right idea. he just go from the bmf to the nmf he seems like a nice dude i just love how he handles himself in the interviews after If you guys haven't watched Dustin poirier's uh post fight uh, sc- uh media scrum please go to mmafighting.com and uh and mmafighting <laughs> youtube and check that out just uh yeah. rich with wisdom beyond his ears Bonfim versus Gunnar Nelson. That's freaking interesting. I like it. Yeah. I I see people throwing that one out there again. Bonfim, top 20, top 25 guy. Could be next. Two fights in his UFC career in a very strong division. Maybe do Bonfim and Jake Matthews.
2: It's not a bad one. I like that too. Yeah. Dustin versus Armin. Never going to happen. Holland versus the RDA Luque winner. I could see that happening. Mm -hmm. Good matchups. Holland, stay at 170.
3: Just stay at 170.
2: Uh. I see another, Dustin versus Max. Let's see. If you know the nose, you're just driving
3: me insane. Um, <laughs> Gerard Biagin. Uh, Jake Matthews, Kevin Lee, too. <sighs> Kevin Lee's done, man. Is he done? Did I he think say, he's done. Did he say he's retired? I mean, he should. Yeah, he said he's retired. He said he's retired. Oh, did I miss that? Um, I guess I missed that. Yeah. He's, oh, he's, he's, oh MMAfighting.com Kevin Lee retires from M- <laughs> MMA <laughs> <laughs> You might have been on vacation when that Listen, happened, AK I, This was three weeks No, this is the last card I saw, I think Before I went on vacation He'll be back, he'll be back, he'll be back. I, I, You know, I'm not calling
2: that dude. he'll be back <laughs> Yeah, so when Tristan's like You need to call Dudu on the Chris Cup Ah, it's a first, Chris, timer. Chris, Chris, it's timer. first timer It's a first timer Yes, Chris is fighting Fluffy Hernandez but Maybe he knows something we don't, I don't know uh justin versus connor
3: i think that's that fight could happen but i do too we should say not next it's not happening next mma Uh, fighting's jose young's has is vehement that fight will never happen he is on record He is on record on i think the what was the preview show or whatever show we were doing this week he said that fight will never happen so i'm just saying you guys make make of that what you will
2: that's going to be one of the ones that like got away that we never got to see that there's, I mean, there's just, even that the, th- that fight's probably going to last like seven minutes, but it's going to be like maybe the craziest seven minutes we've ever seen. Uh, Strickland versus, uh, we neither of them fought on this card, but yes, that fight's probably going to happen. Tony versus Michael Johnson two AK.
3: Do you like that idea? Interesting. Interesting. I don't know why ugh, both guys have been around forever. Both. Guys, the, would this be the first time ever that two UFC fighters fought on losing streaks of five or, Oh no, sorry. Michael Johnson. Uh, what is Michael Johnson? Michael Johnson. Uh, is he, did he come off a win? He beat, uh, Mark Chakase. He lost his last fight. Oh, he lost he, it. Okay, uh, okay. Diego Ferreira. Like, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, yeah. His, his long losing streak was a while ago. Um, what a weird fight this would be. This would be a six-fight losing streak versus a guy in a who's won, who's lost six of his last eight. What a weird, what a weirdly sellable fight. Uh, Tony won the first time, right? No, Michael Johnson won the first time. Yeah, Johnson won. This is such a weird fight. I don't think it makes sense, and yet it makes so little sense that it makes sense. <laughs>
2: sometimes that happens sometimes that happens
3: yeah uh
2: i'll try to find a couple more holland versus jeff neal could run that one back i'm surprised they haven't gone to that well we talked about that forever
3: right we said forever why is this rematch in the not happening in the ufc i don't both guys would be interested for sure yeah they fought on the regional scene already and
2: Mm -hmm. i believe jeff neal won that fight Mm. oh god this has to be
3: a joke gino jesus christ Army versus you, Tony Ferguson. Why did I even pull that up? Here, here's his attention you ordered, Gino. Here's the attention you ordered.
2: Yes versus D. Rod. Uh, D. Rod is fighting Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yes. Uh, just announced, like just kind of confirmed. So, uh, that fight's happening. I believe September 16th.
3: Kesa, another guy. I'd be surprised if we saw him fight for the end of the year. Um, it's tough. He's he's had been a lot of tough fights. He's a little bit up there in age. I think he's uh, over. You he think he crossed the crossed the 35 barrier? uh yes uh he did by last december so he'll be 36 by the end of this year and it was back problems that kept him that have kept him out for so long right mike this guy issues with his back or back spine yeah in any in any sport i tell you once those back issues start coming along it's it, it doesn't it doesn't get better it only gets worse so yeah
2: this is fine for ufc 300 bobby green jim miller joe Lowe's on tony ferguson that's it that's literally the only thing i would want to see from tony ferguson mm-hmm. i'm into that uh, Maverick versus Casey O'Neal. Casey O'Neill is obviously booked. She's fighting Viviani Araujo on that Sydney card, I believe.
3: 293. How smart was uh, Miranda Maverick to take this fight? Eh? Oh, short brilliant. Moment. How smart was it? Like this short notice opportunity comes up. She looks at this the matchup stylistic and she's like, I'm pretty sure I don't need to prepare. I don't need a full can to prepare for uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. Not that she's like overlooking Priscilla Cachoeira. It's just a, such an obvious grappler versus striker matchup. And when Priscilla Cachoeira has fought grapplers, it has not gone well for her. So good for you, Miranda Maverick. She, she's 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 a smart cookie, and uh, gets right back on the on the win uh, winning track after a disappointing performance against um, uh, Jasmine Yastadovs.
2: More Wonderboy JDM. I just don't think that happens. I don't think Wonderboy takes that fight. He's certainly not going to need to take that fight. Not yet. Could happen down the road. Um, I think Wonderboy probably wants to see more. Uh, I do like Kevin Holland JDM. I think that makes a lot of sense. Wonder Boy versus Weidman for the NFL. NFF. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, Wait, they're what? Family, they're, so. they're family.
3: They would never. That's, that's one fight you'll never, you'll never see. Yeah.
2: You can see that fight at like upstate karate, probably like once a week. Yeah, at the gym probably. Yeah, but yeah. they're not going
3: to fight each other. Ferguson versus Guida. I don't mind it. I, I don't, don't mind it. But that has to be. I mean, all, all the talk about how to that would be a double retirement fight. I mean,
2: yeah, Wonder Boy versus Usman. Those, the... there you go. I think we're done. Um, we've done it. You guys did a great job. I am a zombie right now. I don't even know how I'm. Spe- I don't even know how I'm doing this. I don't know how I'm doing this. But gotta get ready to get the hell out of here. I gotta check out of the hotel. I gotta edit and put all this stuff together, and then get some food, and then off to the worst airport in America uh, before I get on home. So. Thank you all very much. Uh, Another very busy week ahead. So get excited. We have UFC Nashville. Let me pull up that card because we will be back next week to discuss that. I don't know if I'm going to be on the show next week. You might have to to tag tag me out, AK. No
3: problem. We could get the,
2: the wonderful Jed Mishu back in here. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to remember what my travel schedule looks like because I will be in Dallas uh, for Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. The entire MMA our crew oh, will baby. also be in Dallas for Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Uh, UFC Nashville, Corey Hagen versus Rob Font. Jessica Andrade versus Tatiana Suarez. Wow. Dustin Jacoby versus Kennedy and Chuchu. Good top
3: three. That's a good top three for a fight night Ga- Gavin Tucker is back, AK. Oh, never gone. Never gone, Mike. Never gone. Canada's
2: never gone. Against Diego Lopez, Tanner Bozer, final fight of his contract, probably his final fight in the UFC after his uh, wonderful rant uh, with my friend James Lynch about UFC sponsorships, uh, taking Alexa Kamer, Ignacio Bahamondes versus Ludovic Klein. There's
3: a few names here we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. There's a few names here. Okay. Billy Quarantillo, Damon
2: Jackson, Jaime Barcelos, Kyler Phillips. Love it. Jeremiah Wells, carlson Harris, good fight. Jake Cadley, Cody fights. Durden. There's some heat on that one. Yeah. And oday Osborne versus Asu almabayev
3: Another alliterative, alliterative flyweight. This is what is going. This division is is crazy. This, is, this it is has to have pound for pound the most alliterative fighters in the in the game. Yes, we lost one with Zalga Zhumagulov. Mm, he he'll, he'll bounce up somewhere. He'll be fine. Yes, absolutely. That's it. So
2: thank you all very much. Let me, let me make sure we get out of here the, the correct way. got to do a professional job here. So we got to make sure we have the, the theme song in the background, but yeah. Hope you guys all enjoyed UFC 291 and just a wild.
3: Mike, the music's drowning you out. Mike, the music's drowning you out. Is it really? Yeah. That loud, huh? No,
2: you're back. You're back. You're back. All right, here we go. listen, Casey's way better at this than I am. But thank you all very much. Back next week on On to the Next One, the podcast recapping UFC Nashville. For AK, I am Mike Heck. You're the best. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend and be nice to each other. Peace out. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA
0: playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook